eBay Motors es tu socio seguro. Con trabajo, piezas nuevas y mucha pasión, transformaste una carrocería oxidada con 100,000 millas en un vehículo totalmente singular. Juegos de frenos, faros, lo que necesites, eBay Motors lo tiene. Con Guaranteed Fit de eBay, te aseguras que la pieza le quede a tu carro a la primera o se te devuelve tu dinero. Y a estos precios, ¿qué más llantas sino dinero? Mantén vivo ese espíritu de Ride or Die, baby, en eBay Motors. eBayMotors.com Solo para artículos elegibles. Se aplican en Ford creemos que ya sea que estés bajo el foco de atención o bajo tu propio techo, que tengas 90 minutos o 9 horas, que estés empezando cambios o un largo viaje, fortaleza es hacer todo, como si el mundo entero te estuviera mirando. Presentamos la nueva Ford F-150 2024. Fuerza así de inteligente, solo puede ser F-150. Construida con orgullo Ford. Fuerza Ford. When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door! Winning! No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arupay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Univision Audio I mean, you cannot forget that kind of sob or cry. I mean, that that's something I've never heard anybody cry like that or anybody sound like that. I mean, you could definitely understand at that point that it's something paranormal. Every time I close my eyes, I hear screaming and cries, and I don't know if it's in my head or if it's her, and and I don't want, I just, I don't know what to do. It's something that it really is, it really is difficult to share, especially when, like, we know that there are other people out there that are dealing with this spirit Welcome to the third episode of a special original podcast series about La Llorona. In today's episode, we'll be talking with more testimonials and people that want to share the experience they live with the horrific encounters with this demonic spirit. This spirit that wanders at night, crying for her dead children. My name is Daphne Wegebe, and this is La Llorona Podcast. La Llorona 
Spanish for the Weeping Woman, has been part of Hispanic culture in the Southwest since the days of the conquistadores. The tall, thin spirit is said to be blessed with natural beauty and long, flowing black hair, wailing into the night and searching for children to drag, screaming to a watery grave. Not long after her death, her restless spirit began to appear, walking the banks of Santa Fe River when the darkness fell. Her weeping and wailing became a curse of the night and people began to be afraid to go out after dark. She was said to have been seen drifting between the trees along the shoreline or floating on the current with her long white gown spread out upon the waters. On many dark nights, people would see her walking along the riverbank and crying for her children. And so, they no longer spoke of her as Maria, but rather as La Llorona, the weeping woman. After getting to know more about this tragic story, I'd like to tell you about Ana Tate Garcia and Patricia Álvarez and their story in the movie The Curse of La Llorona. As a social worker, Ana Tate Garcia doesn't understand the desperation that her client Patricia Álvarez feels to protect her children from La Llorona. Because the recently widowed Ana didn't grow up with the stories about the legend, but utterly unprepared for the very real threat her own children soon face and with nowhere else to turn, Ana puts her faith in Rafael Olvera a former priest who left the church and now serves the community as a curandero. Though Rafael is as skeptical of Anna as she is of him, her children's vulnerability in the face of such formidable evil moves him to join the fight against La Llorona. Have you ever seen her? Have you heard her cries? Viene por tus hijos. The Curse of La Llorona only in theaters on April 19th. I'd like to talk to her first testimony. Welcome, um, Natalie Schuller, is that correct? Yes. Thank you, Natalie, for being here. Uh, before we start with your encounter, I would like to hear a little bit about you, and I would like the audience to get to know you a little bit better. Um, tell me, where did you grow up, and, and how did you, what's your background? Did you find out about the Hispanic legends before your experience happened? Did you hear about La Llorona? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. My name is Natalie, and I'm 33 years old. I live in San Antonio, Texas, born and raised there as well. Uh, and I think that having been raised here maybe brought me closer to the Hispanic legends that I've always been hearing about. And, um, well, a lot of kids in my school 
they were from the Hispanic descent, and it was fun to hear the stories from their culture, you know, especially during sleepovers where you like to hear scary stories and you like to get uh, different perspectives from everyone else as to Hispanic legends. But the fun ends when you're the one in the story who's the victim and sees these scary things. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Uh, tell me, what exactly happened to you? How did you face her? Okay, well, this is an interesting story, and I remember it like it was yesterday. I was driving along the 110, uh, and when I got a phone call from my boyfriend that, uh, well, things, first of all, things have been rocky between us, um, but despite all of that, I wasn't expecting a phone call from him where he actually admitted that he had cheated on me. Oh. And actually, I, I don't think he would have admitted it if he had known that I was driving. Uh, I pulled off to the side of the road, and of course, I started crying and crying, and I was having a panic attack. Um, and I said, you know, I need, I need to get out of the car. I need to get some fresh air. I need to walk around because I was just distraught. Uh, I walked around. I really wasn't seeing where I was going. I guess I was just walking around aimlessly and, and crying. And, and before I knew it, I was in front of like a small creek. Um, and that's where I just fell to the ground. I was thinking about everything that I hated about my boyfriend. Um, I was so upset and I was so angry. And the more I thought about him, my, my sadness and my grief turned into anger. And I kind of felt like like the air around me just changed, like it shifted from like a, a real negative presence. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to describe, but it felt like like the air was feeling the emotions that I was feeling and it was angry and it was mad. And, and we were both kind of like in an agreement that, that this is just horrible. And I, I kind of bent my head down and I was, you know, still crying and angry. And then I heard a voice. And at first I thought that it was, it, you know, me or my subconscious or, you know, like it, it was me hearing my own thoughts in my head because, I mean, of course it was his fault. Like, he had cheated on me. I, there was nothing that I could have, that, that I could have, taken the blame for in that type of situation. It was all him. Um, but the longer I laid there and the longer I agreed with, with that voice saying these things, the louder and the more, uh, what's the word, the, the more evil or the more malevolent that it seemed to become. And he deserves to die. And At that point, I was like, okay, no matter how angry I felt, I did not agree with that. Of course, I didn't want him to die. I mean, I was angry, but I didn't wish death on him, you know. Um, so that's where I stopped crying. I lifted my head off the ground, and I kind of, like, sparked back into reality. And then I saw an apparition of a woman standing across the creek from me. Um, and she was crying. She had, like, actual tears streaming down her cheeks. And I 
I had never been so terrified or sad in my whole life. I mean, I felt the two things at the same time. I was terrified, I was scared, but I was also really, really sad. Um, and, and the truth is that I kind of knew right away who this woman was, or I, at least I had a strong feeling, because growing up in Texas, you, you experience a rich mix of cultures. You know, people come from the Midwest, some people brave the desert and they come from the south and some other people have been here since since before this place was even a state you know um and and texans are they're very into the paranormal and all of those ancient spooky stories that include evil and demons and vampires and you know all of those tales coming from our friends um, from the southern countries, especially Mexico, because I have a lot of Mexican friends, and they would always talk about things like this. So I always, uh, you know, heard these stories growing up of my friends who, you know, grew up in Mexico or used to go to Mexico every city uh, about La Llorona. So I thought that when we were young, that this was just a story that our parents told us. I just thought that it was really just saying, you know, don't go outside, you know, the Girona's going to get you. But, um, you know, then I remember the, the, where the actual story came from. And I remember that the legend was about this this beautiful woman in, in old Mexico. You know, she was not rich or came from a rich family, you know. Nonetheless, she fell in love with, with the son of a Mexican nobleman. And um, and he also fell in love with her, and, and they kind of fell in love with each other. But at the beginning, the relationship had to be a secret because, you know, like back then it wasn't well perceived by society when, when two people from different social backgrounds come together. So it was kind of like, you know, a taboo or prohibited. Mm-hmm. So, well, the story became tragic when the nobleman's son was found out. And I don't know exactly how, but but they, they found out that they were together. And what's even worse is that everybody found out that she was pregnant and was twins. I mean, like, it, it couldn't get worse in that family. Like, this, is, this was really bad. Um, because, you know, old Mexico was very religious, and becoming pregnant outside of the marriage was was really bad, and it was incredibly judged by everyone, not just the family, but, you know, the neighbors and, and the town and everything. So the father became enraged, you know, that his bloodline was, you know, tainted with, with the blood of a commoner. And, you know, he, he even went as far as trying to force the local bishop to grant a divorce to kind of like annul or or yeah. bring the marriage to a dissolution, I guess. Um, but the the bishop refused. He said, "No, I'm not going to do this. This is not, this is not how it's supposed to be. This is not right." And I guess the father eventually seemed to cave in, and and he allowed her uh, to move into the house with them. I mean, I, I guess he had no choice at that point. He couldn't get an annulment. You know, this is she was pregnant. She was with twins. I mean, he had no choice. So um, she moved in, and she eventually gave birth to the twins. Um, one girl, one boy. Um, a year later, the son of the nobleman was called off to, will, to war, um, and he didn't return. And what ended up happening was that he fell in love with a with a European woman who was 
of course, accepted by his family. She was European. She came from money. Um, so his family was happy about that. And he ended up staying in Europe with her, and he abandoned the the, the woman, I guess, you know, his wife and, and the twins. Um, you know, he became reclusive. He wasn't talking or, or eating, and he, he actually grew to hate the children, which was kind of sad when you look at it. Um, yeah. He ordered his men to take the children to, um, I guess, the nearest river or, or the creek and to drown them and to let their bodies be taken by the current at night so that nobody would see anything or there would be no proof or no evidence. It's incredibly sad. It's a really sad story. And um, yeah, because I mean, the, the children were, were, were taken in the middle of the night without a sound and Nobody knew it was, you know, nobody was out in the streets. It was quiet. You know, they just took the kids and, and they drowned them. It was so sad. And the, the mother was kicked out of the house the next day. And she was later accused of killing her own children. It was really, really bad. I mean, the the, the town folks eventually ended up drowning the, the heartbroken woman, um, because they, they thought that she was the one that killed her kids. But, I mean, at that point, she didn't even and put up a fight or anything because she had already died inside. I mean, her kids were were dead. So, you know, if they wanted to kill her, she was just like, fine. You know, she didn't put up a fight or anything. And what's interesting is that days later, the nobleman and his men were found dead in his house. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, they were they, they all got killed. Nobody knows how or why, but they were found dead in the house. And then shortly after that, uh, sightings started happening. So, I, I mean, you, you put the pieces together, it's like it's her. It has to be her. Um, and if you saw her and you were a child, you would immediately stop crying. You would get your stuff and... They will grab you and take you to the river where you would be drowned. I mean, that that's how the the story was. And it's said that she's she always blamed the son of the nobleman for abandoning her and and his kids, leaving them alone with with the father, which was like the father-in-law who hated them and and for not returning. So. Um, Whatever the reason was, I mean, I sure, I'm sure it was her who I saw, and that I mean, it 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 had to have been her. It could there couldn't have been anyone else or any other explanation. I mean, it it was her. Wow, did you hear like this evil type of whisper, or was it a scream? How was it exactly? So the we, you know, I, I'm not sure. When you say it was evil and she was really upset, because we usually just hear that it was whispers. Yeah, so it was a whisper, but it was like a really deep whisper. So it was still like that, like kind of like that hissing whisper sound, but it was, it's a very commanding whisper. So it almost became like a, like a command. Like you actually hear the word die in a whispering sound, but it was kind of loud that it commanded your attention and it was, I mean, you hear something like that, I mean, it's it's evil, it's negative, and it's not your subconscious. I mean, it was literally someone almost commanding me in a very deep, yeah. scary whisper. 
Like, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it wasn't like an actual scream, but it was definitely a very loud, deep whisper. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, and it is really interesting because our expert that we had last episode, Anixia Garcia, she is a spirit coach and a, a medium. Uh, she was telling us that she usually tries to find someone to connect, right? Because she needs energy from other from other uh, living beings, I guess that you could say. Uh, and usually they're children because of the what happened to her children. But in this case, it's interesting because what happened to you that, well, first of all, I'm very, very sorry for uh, to hear about what happened with your boyfriend. Uh, but she probably found a connection to your feeling and that's how she connected to you to give you kind of that message and and it makes sense what what our experts said could somehow she probably doesn't want to feel alone in this experience in this dimension in which she feels trapped but at the same time she doesn't want to leave right so Mm-hmm, uh, exactly. Yeah, I, I guess that could be an explanation. Mm-hmm. So I, I just wanna I just wanna try to understand when you tell me I, I understand you say you're pretty a hundred percent sure that it was La Llorona. You're you're so sure about this and I hear you saying it, it, it almost makes me feel like I just wonder why are you so sure it was her and not maybe another ghost that is also wandering around? I you know, sometimes you get that feeling and you have that gut feeling and you have that, what do you call it, that instinct yeah. that that was the very first thing that I thought of. I'm like, oh, my God, this is that you don't know. This is the story that I've been hearing growing up and hearing my friends like this is it. Like it wasn't like I I was like, oh, my God, what could this be? You know, and I started thinking about could it have been, you know, no, no, like the very first instinct my gut feeling was like oh my god this is her she was sad she was angry uh she was a beautiful woman dressed in all white with long black hair i mean it there in in my mind there was there was no doubt like that's the very first thing that i thought of nobody else you know and and mind you i i grew up hearing a lot of legends about different uh characters are different you know uh, mm. beings or personalities and this was the very first one because it 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 fit the description so well and it was also because of that feeling you know it was that feeling of of anger and sadness at the same time you know and it's hard to feel that anger mm. and sadness at the same time you know you either feel angry or you feel sad but to feel the two at the same time it's it's very unique and very personable, and that's exactly what La Llorona is. She was angry, but she was also sad because of her children, you know, and... Um, um, what you're telling me, it's almost as if not just she connected to you and your feeling uh, when you were so sad about and angry at the same time about what your boyfriend did to you while you were driving, but also that you connected to her because I, for what I understand, while she was talking to you, you kind of got this feeling at the same time of anger and sadness. And another thing that um, that is, is interesting is that people always say that 
they hear her crying, they hear her whispering, you know, giving us messages that makes us feel just scared. And um, I was talking actually with another encounter in our second episode, our last episode from past, last week. Um, and I was telling her that I don't understand why when a cry should be or should give you the feeling of sadness and kind of, I don't know, maybe compassion. When you hear La Llorona, you feel scared instead of feeling sad, right? I don't know what's happening through her, what what type of, of, of cry she she has. I, I haven't heard her and I wish I don't hear her ever. Uh, but hearing these experiences and all of you kind of having the same feeling, it just makes me feel like it is definitely real. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, you cannot forget that kind of sob or cry or whisper. I mean, that that's something I've never heard anybody cry like that or anybody sound like that. I mean, you could definitely understand at that point that it's something paranormal, like out of this world. It's a, it's a very distinct sound, and it's not from something that's like a person. Or an, even an animal or anything that's living. It's, it's different, definitely something from like a whole nother world. And when you hear that, you know, you get scared because it's something that's not, you would never think that you could hear a sound like that and feel the same feeling of that sound, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you, you hear the sound and the sound is scary and it's sad and it's angry, but But you also feel that same way. You feel sad and you, you feel scared and you feel angry. And, you know, you're scared because you're seeing this. You're hearing this and you're scared because you don't know what it is. And then you see this thing that you know is La Llorona from the legends. And, and you're scared, but you're also angry and, and you're also sad because of, you know, what happened with my boyfriend. Um, so it's it's so many things wrapped into one thing that is just out of this world that's the only way that I can explain it it's like out of this world yeah yeah it's almost as if she kind of I don't know gets attached to you and she tries to steal all your good energy and you mm -hmm. just feel weak you know uh there are a lot of people that you just feel like when you're with them you kind of feel like drained and you feel oh tired my God, yeah. take your energy yeah yeah I, so it's yep. probably something like that I would think Right. Yeah, because, you know, the whole, you know, I mentioned before, it was like the whole air, you know, that whole, I guess, atmosphere and environment agree with me. Like at that point, everything was on my side. And yes, he he is doesn't deserve you. And yes, he messed up. And yes, you know, it was, so it was kind of like a comforting feeling, you know. And then when when I heard her and and. Then it turned, you know, it became like a like a comfort. It's just, this is going to sound a little weird, but it became a little comforting because I wasn't by myself. You know, I was there by myself, I thought, you know, and I'm crying. But sometimes you need like a little comfort for somebody to come. And so it, it started off, I think it kind of started off as like a even comforting feeling. But then, you know, not something good. And, you know, that that's when you... You're like, no, this is not comforting. This is something not good, and, and it's almost evil. I mean, I, I even hate using the word evil because it it brings me back, you know, memories of that feeling. But 
yeah, it was it was like an evil feeling. So I I I I got so scared in the middle of my sadness and my anger. You know, I think the fear took over, and I just bolted out of there as quickly as I could. Natalie, one last thing that I would like to ask you: What would you say to the people that don't believe that La Llorona is real? What would you say to all the skeptics out there that? First of all, don't believe in the paranormal and don't believe that a spirit like La Llorona that has been here more than 500 years now um, is just real and she can really, you can really have an encounter with her. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't really call myself a skeptic before this. I mean, I, like I said, I grew up in a culture where we all told each other stories and, you know, you believe most of them, but... You know, if you if you don't see them or hear them, you kind of don't really believe it until you see it or you hear it. So I completely understand that the skeptics are saying, oh, that's just a legend, or I don't believe in any of that stuff, or, you know, it was just her imagination. I completely understand it. But I can sit here and tell you that I experienced it. I saw her. I felt her. And it's real i mean it, it it it's so real and i think when you have like a you know i would call it a traumatic experience because it was it was really traumatic for me what happened um you know and i was at the right place at the right time by the water you know by myself and i think it was just the opportunity was there for her to appear herself to me and you know consider yourself lucky because you weren't going or having gone through a really bad experience for her to take that opportunity and her, appear herself to you. Um, but, you know, I I can sit here and tell you that I did see her and I did hear her and it is 100% real. Uh, well, Natalie, I don't know if there is anything else you would like to add to our audience of La Llorona. Uh, no, I, well, thank you so much for having me and uh, I think most importantly, thank you for believing me. <laughs> you know, sometimes when I when I tell this story, even to close friends, you know, they they laugh and they're like, oh, you know, that was just you and you you, you were crazy with your boyfriend, you know, so they don't believe me. Um, but so thank you that that you believe me and that you have me um, telling my story and that that there's actually a platform for people to tell their stories. Um, Thanks, Natalie. So, no, thank you so much. And, and everybody out there, you know, um, just be careful about Llorona. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, well, I think we're ready for a second testimony. I'm going to welcome Scott Buckman. Uh, well, I want to thank you for writing us. Uh, tell me a little bit about you, Scott. Were you always a believer in the paranormal? Hey, uh, thanks, Daphne. Um, not really. I mean, I, I didn't believe in these things. It's not like I didn't believe in them. It's just that I didn't think of them. And I never really had an experience before that really kind of connected me. Um, but if it's true, like what they say, that she chose me, I really kind of am living in a state where I just, I feel uncomfortable and I feel kind of anxious. Um, and I hope that sharing this 
with you and your audience could somewhat help. Although I've shared it before, like with just some close friends, I just really don't know what to do. It just kind of seems to get worse and worse. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely understand. We've had um, now a lot of testimonies that kind of feel the same way that you do. Uh, and I'm definitely sorry to hear you feel this way. Uh, I haven't had an experience with La Llorona, but just doing all this research about her, uh, Mexican personally, so this is a story very close to my heart. I grew up hearing about her. And so it's just it's just this feeling that gives you why she's still here, why she doesn't leave. Um, but I want to hear a little bit about, so you told me you never really used to think about the paranormal or anything like that. Uh, why is that? Is this because you really didn't grow up like my family, for example, uh, in a family or a community, or maybe your, your friends in school that would talk about these things? Well, I guess maybe if I can preface you a little bit, I was born in Del Rio, Texas, and I have a stepmother who's actually um, Mexican. And to go even further, her grandmother was supposedly a Mexican witch. And so, but my mother never talked about paranormal things. She just says, leave it alone. So it was kind of out of sight, out of mind. So it's not something that I really ever thought of. And maybe it's just because I was distracted with, you know, living life. And um, I never really thought about, like, the spirits that go away or the ones that stay. And uh, now I just kind of feel that they somehow are stealing my time and my energy and my thoughts when we should be taking care of, like, basically our lives. I'm 30 years old. And I have, like, a whole future ahead of me, and it's just, I feel like I'm just crippled by this. I have a good job, and, yeah, and everything I achieved so far, and it just doesn't seem fair uh, that I can't shake this. Yeah. I feel her, like, basically every night. Actually, I remember when I first moved in my place, and it was just, it was, like, all new. It was me, it was me and my dog, and... I got to furniture, and it just seemed like the excitement of getting this home place. It was my place, and now I just doesn't. And it just doesn't seem fair. I just feel kind of frustrated about this. Yeah. Um, what is happening exactly that is making you feel that she is stealing all of this from you? Well, I wasn't aware that she was affecting so many people. I really haven't dug too deep. But I guess I can tell you, um, yeah, so about a month ago, I run basically every evening. So I went out for a run. I only like to run in the evenings because it's nice and cool and it's quiet and, and I sleep better. Um, and I, and I, I live in Phoenix, Arizona, so I run near the canals all over Phoenix. I take my uh, dog, which is a Rottweiler, so no, like no one messes with me, <laughs> and um, I always feel pretty safe with her. Um, so I went running as usual, and I was listening to my music and enjoying my run. I, and I started to see something like in the distance. It, 
kind of looked like a person under like one of those street lamps, and like directly in front of me. And I thought it was really nothing at first because I often see people on my run. The weird thing is that it seemed like a woman in a bathrobe in the middle of the night, just kind of standing there. So I kind of thought maybe she was confused or lost because you never know, like mental illness with that mental illness or something. So I decided to come closer to see if this person was moving. And it was just a silhouette under the light. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to describe. It it was really just strange. And the, the closer I got, the more I thought that it was like a homeless person or maybe it was some sort of prank. You know, like the pranks were like people are wearing those clown masks mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And I knew something was immediately wrong. My dog, Lottie, would start whimpering and then growl and then whimper and then growl again and it was just seen in it and I immediately I just started to like get butterflies in my in my stomach and it just unsettled me a little bit I mean it's a Rottweiler but it's but she she's super loving and she she never even growled but the it, it was so bizarre she would growl and whimper and then growl and whimper so it, it just to move forward, it was, um, I just, I started to uh, really not feel right in my stomach. And uh, she, and I got a closer look and she, I realized she was really tall, taller than I estimated and very, very, very thin. I took out my headphones because I was listening to music just so I could see if she was maybe speaking to me. But as soon as I took out my headphones, there was like this soft whisper of Spanish. But it wasn't coming directly from her. It, it was like it was coming from all around me. And um, she raised her arm and pointed at me. But it, her hand or her finger more was not like a normal finger. It was kind of like, I guess I would say like a root of a tree. Okay. And my dog Lottie immediately sensed that I was really tense. And I took a step back and then uh, I started to hear crying. And I started off like just as kind of like a whale and then it grew into like a full scream, like a full belching scream, but still not from her, but from like all around me. Okay. Yeah. And immediately I turned around and I ran and I pretty sure I ran the fastest I've ever ran in my life. Um, yeah. And then. And then on my way, I, I ran straight home along the main road. And the entire time, I felt like she was right behind me. And and then by the time I got home, I just I just felt like it was a bad joke. It just felt like she was still watching me, though. Why? You know when you're in public and you have, and you you know when someone's looking at you. Yeah. But you, and you look at them and you, and you're correct. They are looking at you. 
Yeah. That's exactly what this felt like. And but there was no one there. And um, so immediately when I got home, uh, I decided to shower just because it seemed it's just what I do before I go to bed. And it, I just really needed to kind of shake this. I locked every door in the house. I locked my bedroom door and Lottie slept on the end of my bed. And I fell asleep eventually after I calmed down, maybe around like three o'clock in the morning. So the next day was really interesting after all this. I woke up and I went to my neighbor's because I had this scratch that went up from my collarbone all the way down my bicep. And now it's a scar, but I have no idea where it came from. And at first I thought maybe it was me being nervous in the night, but it's not from a fingernail or anything like that. So I talked to my neighbor and what he told me was just that she marked me and she told me just to leave it alone. He said something to the effect, she marks the ones that she doesn't like and takes the one that she does. This, even though it sounded relieving, I just didn't know really what I was dealing with. I try not to dig too deep, but I feel like I needed more of an opinion because I felt like I was going crazy. So I called my friend Karina after that, and I, um, because, well, she's Mexican and her family's Mexican. I didn't want to call my mom because I didn't want whatever this was to really be affecting my family. And what she told me was exactly the same as my neighbor. She told me just to leave it alone, and um, now I still can't shake the feeling. I went a walk for a walk again last night to see if I could find her, but it seems as though, like, I don't know, this sounds crazy, but it seems like she's the one who kind of found me. Have you tried to reach out to, I don't know, probably a spiritual coach or maybe even a medium that could talk to her or try to send her to the light? Well, I immediately went to see a therapist, and that wasn't the right move. So I really haven't sought out any spiritual guidance, but it, it feels like it's eating me inside. Every time I close my eyes, I hear screaming and cries, and I don't know if it's in my head or if it's her. And... And I don't want, I don't know, I just, I don't know what to do with her story, because I don't, I'm not a part of it. Yeah. Um, so I know uh, a lot of people may think this is a little bit crazy, but I know there are online communities as well where people have had encounters with her, with where people have had, not just with her, but, but also with the paranormal in general, and they kind of share, share their experiences and share 
things that they have done to kind of try to get rid of her or, or her spirit that is kind of attached to you guys because you're not the only one and, and this is just like a platform we want to give you voice we want to provide some kind of support to all of you guys that are dealing with her and that have had an encounter with her lastly I would just say I personally think that whatever we feel in this life whatever we think um, in a in a daily basis we attract our life right so just try to send her love just try to say you know what i respect that you're here but i don't want you here i'm not a part of you your story like you're saying and and just try to be sure and confident that the universe is going to respond to whatever you want and, and are asking for uh and to have for your life right um I want to thank you for being here, Scott, and for sharing your experience. Thank you. I, I appreciate the space and you listening and your audience. It's something that it really is, it really is difficult to share, but it's also definitely helpful, especially when, like, we know that there are other people out there that are dealing with this spirit and it tries to haunt others so often so that's right well thank you Scott again for sharing with us and I just can just send blessings your way thank you well always always kind of difficult to hear these stories um, for me and I guess for all the production team here in La Llorona so remember, if you have something that relates to, to these stories or you have something to say about La Llorona, either from a, you know, close family member that went through something with La Llorona or maybe you or maybe you just heard something, you can share your experience because it's always good to make others feel like they are not alone in this. Remember to write us to enigmas at univision.net. And I just want to thank everyone who joined in this our third episode in this original podcast series about La Llorona. Please join us next Thursday to hear more real-life experiences and more about the origin of this story. My name is Daphne Wegebe and remember to look out for La Llorona. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arupay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de $25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com. Punto com para detalles. 
Este abril te invitamos a nuestra feria virtual Univisión Contigo rumbo a la universidad. Conéctate virtualmente con representantes de colegios y universidades en la costa este. Desde Nueva York a Florida, aprende sobre ayuda financiera, becas y otros recursos para continuar tu educación. Regístrate para asistir y para la oportunidad de ganar una tableta. Te esperamos en Univisión Contigo rumbo a la universidad del 3 al 9 de abril. Regístrate ya en univision.com diagonal universidad. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $5.28 a month for 36 months with $49.99 due at signing. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024.